Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trout. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heeple falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone! Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brandon Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. It's always better to do this after a sweep, I must say. Oh, how sweet it is. Exactly. That, doesn't, that doesn't happen very No, not often. this year. No. Not this, not this, <laughs> this year. This year, the last few years, and so... It, it almost didn't happen, but of course, we'll get to that in a second. I am joined with uh, Chris, the curator, Johnson. There you go. And I'm, of course, Daniel Garcia. Kind of like I mentioned before, this sweep of the Detroit Tigers, yes, the Detroit Tigers are the Detroit Tigers, but for a team like the Angels who have been really struggling against these like lower teams to get out of uh, Detroit with a sweep, especially the way the uh, Thursday game ended, uh, definitely has the Angels fans at least a little excited. Yeah, and not only the sweep, but just the production from the future. Yeah, exactly. And those guys, the, the future guys, like you mentioned, played a huge part in this series. So let's get to it. Obviously, the first game um, Monday out or Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday out in Detroit. Weird week coming up for the Angels. Uh, obviously, the last podcast was Monday after the New York game, making up a game. <laughs> That was like a, literally a pit stop in New York. Get on a plane, go up to Cleveland, start Tuesday. Or not, sorry, Detroit. Now they're going to Cleveland tonight um, for the weekend. And then, oh, yeah, by, by the way, Sunday they're going to be in Pennsylvania to do the Little League uh, Classic or Little yeah. League World Series. We didn't get invited to the Field of Dreams game, but I'll take that Little League game. Yeah, you know. It, it's kind of fun. It's cool. And then I'm sure uh, if you follow us on on instagram or on twitter halo underscore haven or in any kind of angel fan site you've seen the jerseys you've seen what they'll be wearing on that sunday so that's that's pretty cool that's all, always a, a nice easy uh extra revenue when you yeah. put a jersey out there so um like i mentioned let's get to it on tuesday uh bundy was on the mound um a guy that has been you know hoping to get back in the rotation hopefully or even for him to at least get some money because he is going to be a free agent after this year. So he does have plenty of incentive to get out there and perform well. But this game, um, you know, Detroit, like I mentioned, is is a is a young team. And, and in, in my eyes, they mirror the Angels a lot, especially after this series and kind of looking at they have a lot of young pitchers, starting pitchers that are, mm-hmm. you know, on their way up. They got a pretty good farm system. They got young guys that can contribute. They have an older veteran that's taking up a, a ton of money. So it, it, in a lot of ways, it, it, <laughs> what? it yeah, like no, it, it matches perfectly. So obviously the angels would get up early in this game in the first inning with one of those young guys, like you mentioned, Brandon Marsh comes up with an RBI. Three, one drives that ball in the center diving and he won't get it. Otani around third Walsh is into third and Brandon Marsh with a sinking line drive. So, yeah, Brandon Marsh really seems to be heating up. Uh, this series was a really good series for him in a lot of ways and, and a frustrating series in, in a lot of ways. But like I said, we'll get to that towards the end. But um, there was a lot of anti-Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh slander out on the Internet, and I, I will not take it. I don't understand why <laughs> people think these prospects are going to come up and, you know, ball out at, in their first 20 at-bats. It's just – it's not realistic. It's not realistic to uh, expect guys to come up and – perform at a high level right away but it definitely does seem like both joe both brandon the pitchers coming up are are showing promise and i guess at this part of the season that's exactly what you could ask for yeah i meant i'm not saying you know the season's been conceded but at this point like i guess let them play let them play give the fans something something to look forward to because you could roll out you know some veterans and 
you know, and, you know, put them out there. But at least now they're building towards something. And I yeah, think that's the fun and I, part. And I, yeah, I know. And uh, just to get their confidence up. Yeah. And we're starting to see that right now. And well, yeah, definitely. I, I think the confidence is a huge part with these young guys. Brandon, is, is, I think, is an example of that. So is Joe. Um, but before we get to Joe's big night in the third inning, Jack Mayfield also gets an RBI single. And he shoots it right through it into right field for a hit. Fletcher scores. How about that? So Detroit would end up scoring one run in the bottom of the third and another run in the bottom of the fifth to tie it two to two. And for the most part, that was it for Bundy. Bundy's went four and two thirds, three hits, two runs, three strikeouts. Not a terrible it's not outing. Bad. It's not bad. No, you're right. It's not bad. Um, Anytime you give up three hits, you got to be pretty happy with that. Right. Like two like, earned runs. Two earned runs, three strikeouts. Yeah, so a little lower than you want, but right. And you kind of want them to get deeper into games. But like I said, you know, I guess you could get what you can get. Um, they're still kind of seems like they're messing with his arm, his arm slot, his arm angle. Uh, he shortened it up. Someone asked, like we had that question before. Is it legit? Well, it looks legit against bad teams, and it doesn't look legit against good teams. So, again, it's like one of those constant things where we'll just keep on finding We're out. All major leaguers, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> so, like I mentioned, a Bundy leaves in the fifth inning. Warren, Austin Warren, uh, another one of these young guys coming up and really doing really well comes in, goes an inning and a third. So he gets out of the fifth, goes the whole six, only gives him three hits, walks one, strikes out one. Really good. You know, first, I think he's around like, what, seven, eight games so far this year for a guy that, you know, the top 30 prospects came out today or they redid it, uh, MLB Pipeline did. But you go back to like, you know, a couple of weeks ago or bef even before he got brought up, he wasn't on that list. Yeah, he didn't crack the top 100. Bro. Oh, the top 30. I mean, oh, yeah. the top 100 is hard for yeah. a lot of a lot of players, but top well, 30 yeah, for yeah. a team. Yeah. So, I mean, it just kind of shows that, if there's a name out there that we're not familiar with as fan, fans, doesn't mean they don't have some kind of a purpose or can't contribute in, in a really productive way. Yeah, we're, we're in love with the top prospects. Which you understand. We're loving the top, top two prospects beyond that. You know, we lose interest. We want those guys to succeed. But, yeah, some of these guys deeper in the, deeper in the draft. And uh, another one is Walsh. Yeah. Um, and see what, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, and relievers aren't going to get a ton of love when it comes to like prospect lists, yeah. you know. So, what's his nickname, man? Iceman, Iceman, or something. He threw out that that thing today with that. Dude, he's his veins. He just does not seem to flinch at no, all. He goes out there and he just feels like you know he's nothing's done this too before. big. Yeah, like nothing's too big for him. Like again, a guy I that like Joe, um, it has ton a ton of confidence in him. Now, oh yeah, oh. and then you talk about Joe, and like I mentioned, it was tied uh, two to two all the way uh, to that ninth inning where Joe Adele comes up with the bases loaded and does this. 1-1. Adele, left field. That ball's deep. That ball's gone. Grand slam. The kid did it. And the Angels grab the lead. Say it is so. Joe Adele, grand slam, given the opportunity. So given the opportunity is, is a very good way of putting it that Gooby said right there. There was conversation coming into that, come, talking coming into that situation where why not pitch hit Upton or pitch hit someone off the bench. But no, he went with Joe. I believe that was Joe's only hit of the game as I look at it. Yeah, before that he was 0 for 4 um, with one strikeout, but Madden kept – Joe there didn't pitch hit, didn't try to do anything different, and it really paid well, off gotta, for the, you for the grand slam. Okay, so yeah, so he pulls him. Right, Upton goes up there. He rolls over. He strikes out. Whatever, whatever. It may yeah, be. Uh, Joe's confidence is crushed because you don't believe in me. You took me out, and then he had the opportunity to do that. And true confession, right here, that I went, I went, I was watching the game. Right, I went into the kitchen. You missed it because the you know a few days before it was two to one stuck around they lost to the Yankees I'm like ah whatever I go back out and it's six to two yeah <laughs> six to two seven to two I'm like what happened, happened. I'm like I gotta rewind that uh -huh. dude he mammoth blast like the way he hit it it mm -hmm. was just like you, well you gotta you love the passion it. too yeah he knew it right away he and knew it off the that, bat. The bat flip, the, the yelling at, and actually, too, if you listen to the clip, you can actually hear that a little 
a live mic moment where Ooh. where he kind of said let's <laughs> effing go clip? do we got that audio right now yeah i mean we just played it you can <laughs> go back and hear it watch i'll i'll, yeah. I'll play it right yeah, now get, right get, after yeah. you can, you can kind of hear it a little bit let's see one one adele left field that ball's deep that- did you hear it no okay listen to it again one more time and like uh listen uh listen closely right after the bat one one Adele, left field. That ball's deep. That ball's gone. Grand slam. The kid. So like I said, got to love the passion. Got to love his enthusiasm. He made a great diving catch in at Angel Stadium before the road trip in left field. Yeah. And again, same thing. Came up, knew the moment. Fist pump. You can just see that he's having fun. He's excited. The fans are giving him energy. And that's something he said when he came back up this year was that the fans energy is something totally different and you hear that from guys some guys are just guys no matter what like it doesn't matter to them but there's some guys that do draw on that and it seems like joe between that and just getting confidence he is really just a different player this year offensively and thank god defensively as well yeah playing triple a ball too i know you probably already talked about that at mm-hmm. some point but getting those reps at triple a and I, you know, playing against a different team, not your own team. Right. Uh, there's a lot than playing simulation games versus oh, real stuff. Definitely. So game speed stuff. So that's been huge for him. And uh, I, I mean, like that passion. Can you imagine after the season you had last year, you go from being, you know, top maybe three prospect in MLB. Right. To people just discard you. Yeah. You're not even ranked. And you want to talk about confidence? You that, got, that, that, I that think can't, Brandon went right. over past you. You have Detmers past you. Nobody's calling on the phone for you and trade talks for the most part. And then you come up there, all that conditioning, Girl. all that time in the weight room, all that you know, early mornings on the field, spring training, triple A yep. to come back, and then you connect on one of those. And and then the situation too. Like as a kid, who doesn't have a situation in your head in the backyard at the park where it's like, oh, bases loaded, two outs, tied game, and then. As yeah. a kid, I still do that. Yeah, man. exactly. He wakes up like oh. that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, then you jump over the fence. Yeah. So, I mean, great, great sight for him. Great confidence boost for him. It just seems like he has things going. And like you mentioned, we talked about Austin Warren being a young guy and, and someone that you don't know. Well, here's another young guy who just needs just as much confidence, even though everyone – know who he was and, and now definitely knows who he is. Well, in this game, it wasn't over. Kurt Suzuki homers to give a little more space. Fourth of the year makes it seven to two. David Fletcher reaches on an air, which allows uh, Juan Lagares to score. Now the final score is eight to two. But from, again, a uh, uh, two-two game all the way into the ninth, Bullpen does a really good job. And like we mentioned, Warren was an inning in a third. Ciszek, you know, he seems to be – he's very streaky to me. Very he streaky. Looked, he looked good. The other he looked. Time, he man. looked good. He looked really Ooh. good. And like you I said, promised to take back everything. Uh, yeah. So he, he looked. He looked. When he got out of that jam. Yeah. yeah and oh, he looked really man. good. He looked really good. One inning. Uh, one walk. One strikeout. That's perfect. And then you had Myers come in for two innings, the eighth and the ninth. Uh, gets through that easily with only one hit and four strikeouts. So Myers again, another guy that has seen has seen better days, but has seemed to be turning it around and doing a really good job of. Um, Coming in a high leverage situation, um, but other guys are, are are definitely contributing, are definitely uh, helping this team out, and I think that is the fun part about this team. The fun part about um, watching the games now, because like you said, it's not that we're conceding the season. Like you know, the chances of them making the playoffs are very slim. I think. Fangrass had it like at 0.3% or something at this oh, point. Man, I thought we at least get one. Yeah, so, I saw 1%. But honestly, though, but to watch this team and these young guys is is another reason to watch, whether it's like uh, Detmers now on the you mound. Have something more than Otani. Right. You have Detmers on the mound. You have what's Joe and Brandon going to do? What's, you know, some of these other younger guys, Berea, Suarez, can they take the next step and, and, and stuff like that? So that's a lot of fun. So going into two, or uh, yeah, Wednesday's game, Otani Wednesday. Huge talk about obviously Otani in the home and in the uh MVP race. Um, what is he gonna do? Can he get you some innings now? Like, what you know, it's always how far and how long could Otani go while he's doing both while he's hitting and pitching, and that's exactly what happened in this game as far as uh batting leadoff and pitching in the game. So, um, Angels were up early off of this Justin Upton home run, 
Best pitch in baseball. Still a well-located fastball. There's one that missed with location. And Jay up sends it out of here. 2-0 Halos. It was a four-seam fastball, Matt. 95-mile-an-hour fastball. And Jay up goes uptown funk. Because uptown funk don't give it to you. And that 2-1 blast in the first inning is all that Atani would need this game. He looked absolutely awesome. Besides giving up a home run in the bottom of the fifth, he looked great. He went eight innings, six hits, that one run, that one home run I was talking about, eight strikeouts with 90 pitches. Whoa. Great, great outing by Otani. There, there have been some outings where he's like 70 pitches, like little – Little over three innings pitch, so yeah. And this and this is big thing. This month of July for Otani has been absolutely crazy on the mound. Um, I think he has an ERA below two in the month. Uh, his ERA right now for the season is 2.79. And after that, huge, if, if, like, yeah, if you take away that huge blow up in New York where he gave up seven without even getting out of the first inning, where people are like, oh, well, he, he might be tired, he this might be the you know, it for the season it was a good story, but maybe he needs to concentrate on one thing or another. He's come back and just pitched really, really well. Yeah, then like I heard something like his road ERA is around it's high. Like five it's or higher, five. Yeah. But if you take away that New York start, yeah, that that, that you, if you're, you're looking at like two, everything two fifty. Yeah, two fifty. That's big. That's huge. Yeah, I mean that New York start. He didn't get out of the inning. I don't think he got. He, I don't even know if he got an out. Oh, he got. I think he went uh, two like, thirds. Yeah, yeah, I think he might went two yeah, thirds. One out two outs and it just like the it's like an infinite era for that start basically <laughs> it's insane so outside of that yeah yeah so otani again this shows the world what he's capable of again eight innings six hits one run off a home run in the fifth but after that just completely shuts it down and what and they mention it and it's kind of everyone knows it now but him being able to really crank up the velocity late in games Beginning of the games, he kind of go. He's touching, you know, 93, 94, somewhere around there. He doesn't really go past that. But when he has a feeling that it's towards the end, the sixth inning, the seventh inning, the eighth inning, he lets it go and he gets up to 98. And for a batter who's, you know, used to hitting, seeing 93, 93, 93, coming 98 when you think the guy's getting tired, I mean, that can't well, be I mean, easy. I mean, if you look at most starting pitchers, third time, I think it's the third time yeah. around the line. That's, that's threaded, when you see threaded, that average yeah. explode. And then you hear third time around against Otani. It's like, oh. Now. Yeah. Now you're really in for it. Yeah. yeah you're done. And especially so. if he has all his secondary pitches working, whether it's that, you know, splitter, whether, you know, all that stuff works. It's, it's he's going to be really hard to hit. So, again, it was Otani two or uh, Upton with his two-run home run in the first. Otani only giving up one. And so you, they're really trying to hold him into the eighth inning, let him finish that eighth inning because he was due up, or sorry, the seventh inning because he really was he was due up at the top of the eighth inning. And it's always good when you can give yourself a little bit of run support. Oh, Tony oh. got it! He got it! Number forty, a franchise record for left-handed hitters, three to one Halos. Oh, uncle. Shohei Otani, number 40. <laughs> Seven incredible innings on the mound, and he just mashes a baseball a mile. So you listen to that clip right there. You kind, and if you if, uh, if visually you don't see it, you kind of lose track that they're in Detroit. That crowd is going crazy. Yeah. And it and it wasn't like it was a blowout game. They got nothing to play for. No, at that point it was still a two to one they're game. Rooting. For Otani to go deep, basically, and that place goes crazy, and and it's it's super packed because they're waiting Cabrera. for Cabrera's five hundred, right? Or else on uh what on a Wednesday in Detroit, Wednesday in Detroit, you might not get like, that big of a crowd, a small crowd, and they were loving it. They're filling it, and I mean, you just gotta be, just gotta be like happy for like the game of history. baseball, history. You're history. history. You gotta you understand 40, that moment, yeah, forty. 40 the guy comes up in the eighth inning. He's still pitching, pitching in the eighth inning. Yeah, he goes down the bottom of the inning. Tired as heck. Uh, and he hits a blast like that. And they were jumping up like they just caught Cabrera's 500. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah, like you mentioned, he comes back out the next half inning, goes one, two, three with a strikeout. Yeah. And just, I mean, it's crazy. 
what this guy's doing right now is crazy. Is it sustainable? I don't know. Is it repeatable even next year? I don't know. But for the moment that we're living in right now, you definitely have to take that and just feel special about it. I mean, I don't know how else to 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 explain it, but a new franchise record by a left-handed hitter, um, seven away from tying the record, the overall franchise record. I think it's pretty safe to say um, that's going to fall. I, I don't know what else you can do for this that is is going to surprise us. It just seems like everything he does, he's stealing bases, he's getting on base, he's getting extra base hits. Just... Yeah, you got to think of like these seasons, those those seasons that you always think about. Like I think it was like the '61 season it was Marius and Mantle, right? And then you have the Sosa, McGuire, steroids. Yeah, I mean it's not like a race per se, but we're living in that, like you said, that season. And just just be aware of it, take yeah. it in, soak it up, get as much. You know, baseball, many baseball games in as possible. Can. Watch, put it on, listen to the radio. This is something special, folks. And the, and the crazy part of it, too, in an era, you know, and this is just isn't baseball, but it's other sports where load management is like a very popular phrase about. I hate that. Term. About, you know, players not playing all the games because you got to worry about this. He obviously pitched this game. He was uh, the winning pitcher in this game to go eight and one. Pitched eight innings, like you said. Guess what? They turn right back around and play a getaway game today, and he's out there playing and, and lead off again. So he's alone is like you're almost guaranteed to get him, whether it's hitting or whether it's pitching, but he just, he's always out there. And I think that's pretty crazy to think about, that this guy doesn't very rarely has a day off. I'm sure if you look at – um like games played, games started, and stuff like that. I'm sure he's up there in the Angels next, like Fletcher and um, you know Walsh was until he got you know hurt this last time. But other than that, other than well, Fletcher, I only recall like maybe uh, maybe maybe like two or three times that they sat him like maybe after a start, right, or something like that, you know, or, or like a turnaround, late night turnaround. They just kind of get gave his legs some rest. And you hear all the guys, you hear Gooby and all these former pitchers talk about how much a toll it takes on your legs. Like, and these guys condition their legs, they strengthen their legs, and they they're like dead. And they know Tony's making them all look bad. All these all this complaining, all these years, my legs and yeah. the pitchers. And then like Otani's uh, uh, pitching damn. 70, 70 pitches, goes out, hits a home run, and then yeah. goes does another half inning to get to like 90 or something like that. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy. And I I he is completely in my eyes, hands down, the MVP right now. He finishes up the season. I, I don't know how else you you how else or who else you give it to. Like, granted, um, I think. Vlad Jr. is having a really good year, but it, it's like it's like it's, it's appropriate when they play the Tigers. When Cabrera hit the triple crown and got that MVP away from Trout, even though Trout had awesome, like he was second in a lot of those categories, and he played a really good center field at the time. It just sucked that for Trout at that time that something historical was happening yeah. at the same season, uh, yeah. and it's almost the same thing I with think Vlad that's Jr. The only thing with Vlad Jr. If Vlad Jr. gets triple crown, that's the only way he will. Even then, surpass. I don't know. Because yeah, because last tough. time last time you seen a triple crown was what, um, uh, Cabrera. Cabrera. What was that like five six years ago? Yeah. When's the last time you seen a player do what Otani's doing? Yeah. Never. So you want to talk about historical, you know, yeah. comparisons? This one's way further back, but uh, that's gonna be really fun to see. So Angels get two games. They go into the afternoon game today on Thursday, looking for that sweep, looking for um, again to get above five hundred. Uh, Angels are constantly constantly i think they say what 27 times at 500 this season so they're always around 500 um so this game unfortunate news we found out on wednesday about patrick sandoval going on the il um something with his back like it was a weird yeah it was like a fracture fracture lumbar spine yeah it was an injury I've never heard before, and even too, you see, like on Twitter, some people are saying, like, ah, that sounds that sounds, it sounds actually. I was kind of concerned when I heard the how they right, and even Joe Madden for a guy that it. that normally and fans will say it will normally be like, oh yeah, he'll be good in you know three or four days or whatever. No, Madden like legit said this could very easily be it for him for the season. Patrick. Oh yeah, I think he's done for the season for sure. And and you know if there's any kind of soreness or anything, a risk of like re-injuring it, I, yeah, I think you shut him down because. Patrick, I think, has done definitely done enough to earn a spot next year unless something crazy happens in spring training where he just looks, you know, not right. But from what he's done this year and taking the opportunity when Otani wasn't able to pitch 
and running with it. I Sandoval has, I think, has a starting spot next year, regardless. Oh man, he's he's like your he's your number two. Yeah, I think he is right now. Yeah, I think he is right now, definitely. So with that, he was supposed to start today on Thursday, but because of the injury and going to IL, they gave it to uh, um, Jose Quintana. So obviously, not great. So for this game, we're just gonna push the fast forward button. Get that escalated quickly. Yeah. So we're gonna just push the fast forward button to the sixth inning, where uh, it's already eight to two, or not? Sorry, not eight to two, ten to two in the top of the six. When you have Quintana and Slagers, <laughs> another guy where it's like, yeah. uh, I mean, do you put these two guys back to back? Recipe on how to lose a game. Now, you were seeing that a lot on Twitter and a lot on uh, oh, really? Instagram today. Um, but those two guys, Quintana and Slagers, combined for four and two thirds, 14 hits, 10 runs, and three home runs. Sounds like a wiffle ball game. When it I was a sounds kid. like a beer league softball game, <laughs> um, except the other team wasn't wasn't playing softball, just the Tigers. Just drinking beer. Yeah, exactly. So, with that being said, in the sixth inning, score being ten to three, you have to get something going. The bases were loaded. Phil Gosselin comes up, and sometimes the luckiest, you know, base hit, luckiest. You know, ball bounce is exactly what you need, and he got one. Back to Jimenez, skate save, and a beauty. It scores a run right off the shoe. So, yeah, right off the shoe makes it impossible for the third baseman to, to field it. Again, bases loaded, so we get they get one across. Uh, you kind of cut, cut it the lead little by little as much as you can. Um, the next two batters, again, bases loaded, would walk. So you're not overextending yourself. You're not swinging at pitches that you're you're too hyped. You know what I mean? You're willing to take what the pitcher gives you. You, you hear that all the time. That cuts the lead to 5-10. to 10. Joe Adele will come up, hits into a fielder's choice, uses his speed to get out of a double play, which is huge. Not only does the score run, but it keeps the inning alive. So now, um, was it two on, two out? And you got Brandon Marsh, who earlier in the game um, should have had his first career home run. But for whatever reason, Madden decided not to challenge it. For whatever reason, uh, umpires decided to go back and look at it. Got a triple out of it. Came around the score. So I guess all in all kind of broke even. But it just it sucks. This, this, this series with Brandon, he's hit the ball really hard. He's hit the ball really well. And then we go back to the Tuesday game, had a double, and it comes out later um, that it would have been a home run in any of the park. It was like a home run in 29 out of like 30 parks. Yeah. yeah. And the only <laughs> park that wouldn't have been a home run in is Comerica because that ballpark is huge. Yeah. yeah. That par- ballpark is so big. Yeah. It's not like old Tiger Stadium or anything. Yeah, exactly. So uh, obviously, Brandon's seeing the ball better. He's one of the young guys we were talking about, Joe, in the first game. Brandon's having a huge series for himself here, getting on base, triples, extra base hits, using his speed. Um, but now he comes up to the up to up to the plate. Like I mentioned, the, this the score is getting cut little by little, and you just kind of need that momentum to keep on going. And he comes up and does this. The ninth angel to hit in the inning. Marsh sends it to center field, and that's going to get over Cameron. Wall scores easily. Here comes Adele. Brandon Marsh's big day continues, and the Angels are somehow right back in this game. Yeah, right back in this game, making it 8-10 to 10 at that point. So only two down, and that would cap a six-run, sixth inning for the Angels. And, you know, the games like this, you're like, man, okay, how – how tragic would it be to come back and then you, you know, you see it, you lose by one, one yeah, one something short. like that, or you tie it up in extra as you get walked off on, and you're like, dude, I just would have rather been <laughs> done early. Let's just yeah, pack it in, early. Two, let's go home. But, uh, but it's great to see young guys performing. It's great to see young guys coming up in clutch situations again, clearing, not, tr- yeah, and- not trying to do too much, not trying to kill the ball, you know. That that center field in Comerica Park though, 420 out to the out to the center field wall. So 
that ball can well, roll I mean, for a little he bit. He hit the ball over, you know, like to get a triple, you got to have a little bounces, carry him off a wall, things like that. But that ball went over his head yeah. to the know, wall, hit the wall, bounced off, and he's got a triple. Yeah. So like that's not that's not normal. Yeah. So again, so it played it played against him the first time. It helped him it now. Helped him the second time. So. But you know, so Brandon gets two triples in this game, ends up going three for five. Three RBIs. I think it was, they said I saw some stat. It was like the first angel to have two triples in a game. Uh, I think about like over ten years. Dang. I want to say it was like Sean Figgins. Probably that sounds that two, sounds like two the, triples that sounds like the, the right name yeah. for that situation. Yeah. But um again, they keep on they keep on grinding, they keep on grinding. Um, you know, after after obviously the Bundy, after the Quintana, not uh, Bundy's Quintana and Slager's kind of blow up. Uh, the bullpen was like lights out this whole game to give them that opportunity. You're, you're talking about Are you talking uh, about our bullpen, yeah, right? Oh, okay, cool. But like again, these some of these guys in here are are young and they're going to be here next year. Whether it's um, Andrew Wants who came in, got called up uh, the day before, has been on the taxi squad, so he has been kind of hanging around with the team. So it's not like he was fresh off the plane, but he comes in after uh, Slagers gets the last out of that inning, so kind of stops the bleeding. Comes out, has a clean inning. Um, then you have Meyer come in for an inning. Again, clean inning. You know, these guys that you look for to, in high-pressure situations. And at this point, the game's not getting closer and closer. And you need the bullpen probably more so than ever then to not let that momentum slide away. Because what they say, they always say, like, when you put up a big number, don't let the other team come back and respond to it. Because now the, the, all that momentum is gone completely. keep burying them. Yeah, keep, exactly. And that's, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. Austin Warren will come in the eighth inning. He will end up getting his first career save, six outs. So, again, another young guy that has absolutely balled out. Um, bullpen was great this game. It was absolutely great. And it's, it's kind of frustrating because if you got this kind of bullpen production earlier in the year, this could be a whole different situation with this team. You know, you could theoretically only be like two or three games out of a wild card spot and be right in it. So, in the top of the seventh, Jared Walsh would continue this comeback uh, with his double. That's into left center field. That's going to bring around Otani to make it a one-run game. So 9-10, to 10, you're right back in it. And in the eighth inning, the comeback was complete when Max Stassi does this. 3-1 home to Stassi. Swing and a drive into left field. That one's got a chance. It's going to go. Homer for Stassi. And the Halos have come all the way back. Santa Maria, Maximus, entertaining us. What do you think of that Vascursion call the right Santa there? Santa Maria. I don't know, man. Like, I maybe like maybe the first hundred times he's done it, it was okay, <laughs> but I don't know. So that makes a comeback official. It's now eleven to ten. Angels take the lead. Shohei would add a sack fly to make it twelve to ten, and the goose was loose again in the ninth. With a leadoff home run to make it thirteen to ten, you cannot contain this man. No, you cannot. He is, he's there. He's a great guy off the bench. He's you know making little spot starts here at first, making little spot starts Dude, here at you need third. To extend them now. <laughs> so uh, makes it thirteen to ten, and like I mentioned, the bullpen actually absolutely shuts it down with Warren coming in the eighth and the ninth to get his first career save, two uh, two inning save, six outs. Uh, Angels take the sweep, sweep the Tigers, sweep a team that they should sweep, sweep a team that. You know, struggled early, but they kind of look, you know, fairly decent in this last month or so. Like, if you look at um, Detroit's record per month, that first month was absolutely horrible. But I think they've been at 500 or above 500 every month since. So a team that's good, young, and promising. But the Angels definitely took um, took advantage and took, uh, you know, took a lot of heart to come back in this game for sure. So three uh, three wins. On the way to Cleveland, like I mentioned before, they're going Friday, Saturday in Cleveland. Sunday is the Little League World Series Classic, or I'm not sure what the heck. Yeah, I'm, not sure I'm what excited the... for this. I used to, I don't know about you. Did you ever watch the Little League? World oh, Series I watched it all the time, up? especially when I was like in high school or whatever age. And you just it always kind of matched perfectly with the end of summer. Mm-hmm. So you always had like the last a couple before weeks before school didn't start. First week of August. Yeah, Chris being the, Chris being the uh, molder of the minds right now. Jeez, started. Um, no, I loved it, especially when I was in Little League, just seeing people that were your age 
And oh, you yeah. Got to Western Regional, which we're close to, and San Bernardino. So you're seeing these teams. Uh, the West champion always came out of Southern California. Always. Always. And it came out again, Southern California. Well, there's two. There's two. For, there's two. Yeah. There's two. They divided California. it now. Yeah, because yeah. no, uh, yeah. no international this year. But still, uh, Torrance Little League mm-hmm. is one. Is one. The West, the runner-up, uh, I believe it's from Hawaii. They're also going yeah, to – Hawaii always has a solid team going to Williamsport. So, so, yeah, looking at that jersey we talked about earlier, that you always have that new different color jersey. Scheme, kind of deal, yes, or whatever. They've done it for years. And just to see that, I thought it looked pretty sick myself. No, I liked it. It looked out like really – Better than the All-Star Game jersey. Go. Yeah, yeah. But I guess with – yeah, they also had more time to – to think this one out compared to the all-star game oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, the switch we're going to Colorado. okay okay what do we what can we do yeah that was kind I of i wonder a... what the concept was for atlanta oh i know i wonder yeah, if there, there has out. to be like a... they had to put it out there's renderings and all oh definitely stuff. i wonder I'm... if there's an actual physical jersey Dude, i bet you merch was made like patches and stuff oh that far ahead patches had to be made to be put on the on at least the players like hats and stuff like that but i'm even talking about Team store merch for days and some Atlanta swap meets being well. Do what the thing is, though. Well, the thing is, though, too, you know, Atlanta was wearing on their uniforms the all star patch, the all star patch. And then, like, the day after the day of the news coming out where it got moved to Colorado, they just put like tape, (laughs) they put tape or they put something over it because they didn't have enough time to take it off. So, there's like those kind of patches floating around somewhere, definitely, or Atlanta based, uh shirts with the probably the logo on it or something like that that's floating out there that's going to be a collector's item Gee. in like 20 years that no one's going to realize what the Just heck like happened that 1994 world series ball 19 oh never yeah happened. yeah i was gonna say wait season. i'm like i'm like that, that sounds was familiar. like the cool thing when you're a kid oh my gosh it's a 1994 world series ball yeah i was like no, wait that like sounds familiar so many out there yeah. like four of them now <laughs> so that's going to wrap it up for this first half of the all angels podcast uh, talking about the games that just happened. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do the Curators Chronicles, followed by some Q&A from our follower. Q&A. Yeah, Q&A Whoa. from we're our – that for a long time. Yeah, you know, you put it out there on Instagram. Uh, you got any questions, and some people write in, and so we will be happy to answer them as best we can. So hang in there. We'll be right back after this. I want to talk about Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, which is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link it to your Twitter, and join. That's it. It's that easy. So go ahead and check out Spotify Green Room. Let's go. Batter up. We're taking the afternoon off. It's a beautiful day for a ball game. For a ball game. Today. Hey, Angel fans. It's another edition of the Curator's Chronicles featuring me, the curator. There you go. Um, this uh, this section, if you're new to the podcast or you're watching live, uh, your first time around, uh, this is where we feature uh, memorabilia, things that I collect on my journeys out to local swap meets, thrift shops. Angel and, history. And even uh, some late night browsing on eBay, the cheap way to get items. Not cheap per se. But how, how, how often is that late night browsing on not eBay? Very often, fueled, actually fueled by adult beverages or two. Uh, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways. <laughs> Uh, bye bye now um there's so much stuff you see the same things over and over but i came across uh something i saw and i was like wow it's different it's uh as another collector tom duino said that he collects the obscure not your mike trout this and your this and your pool just like your counter yeah your weird yeah your counters and all those basic things this is or your rally monkeys this is something that's a little bit different um so this features a sports writer um, that was a very prominent writer in Southern California for the Los Angeles Times. Uh, he was inducted to the National uh, Jewish Hall of Fame and also recognized by the National Baseball Hall of Fame for his dedication to uh, the sport and his lifelong contributions. But uh, this thing's pretty cool. Um, it's kind of like you would get off a newsstand. You can see it. I'm showing it to you if you're watching live. 
but it says Ross Newhan flies with the California Angels. There we go. The press telegram for only 10 cents. 10 cents. Very 60-ish. 60s. It has kind of like that mid-modern century. So I'm thinking uh, with the California reference, it's probably late 60s. It's my best guess. Um, he started writing in 61, retired in 2004. And he actually wrote a book about the history of the angels as well. And it has the angels with the periwinkle kind of uniform on the front. And um, he actually, I was looking it up, he actually lives in Corona, California, which is only... Wow. Uh, Hop's gonna jump a from stone's here. throw away yeah. from where we're at right now. So looking to maybe um, connect with him, maybe get a soundbite, small interview, get it signed. But um, I thought it's kind of cool because um, it merges California Angels with a actually a writer. So I guess you almost think like an early beat, beat writer. writer. Yeah. And like, I mean, you're not seeing beat writer guys, you know, with the team now with, you know, some ad space or things on a newsstand, even though Brett Bollinger would probably – Love that man, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah Fletcher, yeah, Sam Blum. You imagine you know. that that'd be that'd be awesome. So this thing's in pretty good condition. Uh, just thinking about somebody probably just took it off and stored it away, and here it is. But um, and it, sure. it, like you mentioned too, it's probably like late sixties, early seven or uh, yeah, early seventies or whatever. And you would think at that time, like he's collecting really. Well, no, 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 I'm saying like his stories, like. He probably has stories about players because at the time guys didn't have to worry about social media or everyone having a camera. Like where they can go out and just like they go out for a beer and do let like, loose. Hey, dude, tell me what's you know, tell me what yeah, let like let loose what's and, Mickey Mantle like or just hey, I heard you guys gotta find the clubhouse. What was that about? And just yeah. kind of let, let it all hang out yeah. and just like not having to worry about all the stuff like the athletes today have to worry about, whether it's like going out in public and being seen in a uh or not great can, situation or getting five-year uh, restraining orders uh allegedly you know, allegedly yeah supposedly. so uh no but that'd be i mean that's something like for someone like that i would love to hear stories about that yeah and just he's uh he's getting up there he's in his uh late i think about late 80s but uh just the stories this guy not just angels like anything oh yeah southern guys Calis, guys that come in southern california sports lore right and, yeah, I mean that'd be, that'd be that'd be that'd be so we're gonna crazy. I'm gonna work on that. I'm putting it on my vision board right now. I'm go. committing to it, so uh, <laughs> you guys can follow up on that one. But um, Ross Newhan, and I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of you Angels fans actually have his book, um, and probably didn't even connect the name. I didn't really connect it until uh, right before the podcast. What was it? What's the book called? Do you know off the top of your head? Um, it's just uh, a history of the Anaheim Angels. And oh, okay. Still like... calling them the Anaheim Angels at that time, so it's you know. A little bit older. I'm about to say a little bit older, yeah. definitely. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Cure Raiders Chronicles. So like I mentioned, we're going to now uh, answer questions that we got from our Instagram live. Our Instagram live, sorry, our Instagram uh, story that I put out yesterday. You can follow us on Instagram at Halo underscore Haven if you're not already. Also on Twitter at Halo underscore Haven uh, YouTube page is all angels podcast there you can go back and look at some of the older interviews older podcasts uh, once the season's over and, and these guys are starting to get a little more freed up for time we'll start kind of doing the more um uh more interviews more you know zoom type interviews with these guys hopefully you know if they're local meet face to face kind of stuff but that's definitely something to look forward to uh down the road once the season's over so definitely make sure you subscribe to those things now so you don't miss anything. So, like I mentioned, these are questions that we asked for and some people wrote into us on our Instagram live. So we'll go to the first one uh, from Angel's Top Plays, friend of the podcast, had him on a couple of times. Is Shohei Otani a legit contender for Cy Young? Chris. Uh, I'm, I'm very uh, ignorant to the fact of uh, who's uh, who actually has the most wins in the American League right now. Well, wins, I mean... If you want, if you want to look at ERA wins, Bassett, uh, Chris Bassett out of the Athletics, and hopefully he's able to come back at he some point this hard. year. He got hit really hard got earlier hard. this week with a line drive, so hopefully he's able to come back at some point this year. Good news is, from what I heard, that it's not vision impairing. That's always the kind of thing with it's pitchers. Fractures, though, right? Face, so so. Um, he leads the league right now and wins with twelve, um, the American League, and Garrett Cole's right behind him with eleven, and Otani at. 10 Otani, I believe, got his 10th one 
as I am looking it up. No, I don't think so. Let's that see. Was ten and one. I thought so too, but I don't see him on the leaderboard. No, he is eight. He has eight, eight wins. Eight and one. Eight and one. But the thing about this too, you have to look at with innings. I think is more, especially for especially for Cy Young. You can't take into account his his batting. Obviously, it's a pitching award, so you kind of have to win it on his pitching merit alone. He only has about a hundred innings pitched, which I think, yeah, a hundred innings on the dot pitched after his last outing. Chris Bassett leads the the American League with 151 innings, so there's a huge gap between Otani and the neck and the top guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that he's a contender, right? But we're not. Where I think I, what I rushed to in my head was that is he a winner? I don't think he's a winner. He's a I think winner? I think is, is he a, a top I think it's a top, five? I think it's a yes. top four. I think it's a top four. Yeah, okay. Okay. I think honestly, I, I mean we'll see what happens, but I looked it up. We should um, do these lists like top five or top ten, not top four. Yeah, I just I want, I want them in that four spot. So if you go to Vegasinsider.com, which is like the first link I saw when I typed this in. I thought they were a new sponsor. No, no, oh. but you know, whatever they want, that's cool. Uh Lance Lynn from the Chicago White Sox is hands down the favorite to win the 2001 Cy Young right now, if you look at the odds, at negative 165. So he looks like a really good um, option for that for that title. He's, he's won a bunch of games. He's like, you know, he's always in that kind of uh, top, whatever category he is, he's, he's around the top. He's, he's leading the league in ERA at 2.26 ERA right now for the American League. Top's there. Um, strikeouts he is down a little bit he's at 11th cole has the most strikeouts right now but you look at a lot of the other kind of categories his whip he's in top he's at fourth place there um batting average against he's his batting average against is 0.199 so under the mendoza line so he's doing a really good job but i mean you keep on looking at the odds like i mentioned um they have lance lynn obviously hands down they have garrett cole Carlos Rodon, also from the White Sox. He's on the IL, so we'll see what happens when he comes back. Robbie Ray was a little bit sneaky just because I didn't realize how good of a season he was having until I started kind of looking into this more. But and then you have Shohei right after that. So one, two, three, four, five, top five right now at, by the odds. But Shohei is a plus uh, 3,500. So for you betters out there, you, you go down to Vegas or wherever, Put a hundred bucks down yeah. if he wins. Don't bet against Shohei. He there you go. Meanwhile, I could probably I could probably find like the the, the MVP odds and his is probably like yeah. negative yeah. uh, 300, And Truly, I mean, what's the greater award, Cy Young or MVP? And the answer obviously is MVP. Yes. When uh you know when a pitcher, it's rare, but when they do win the MVP, MVP and Cy Young. So they exceed their Cy Young and get the MVP. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. So, um, yeah. He's I creeping he, there. He's creeping in there. Yeah, he's he's doing well. I think the innings count is going to hurt him yeah. just because he's so far back with not a lot of time left. But um, it's going to be a good story. He might get some votes because of that. But I think as far as top two, top three, I'm not sure he's there yet. But, hey, you have another eight innings here, another maybe a shutout complete game there um yeah man like man like say he throws a no-no or something oh it, it, that'd be crazy you that, that would no, shoot you him have up. a no-no and you have that daniel and, and you have like four less wins like that won't matter i think the, the biggest thing that's going to affect him is just the innings out there he's not out there nearly as much as some of these other guys that are just as good numbers wise everywhere else but they're out there more i think that's that's the only thing that's gonna hurt him with the cy young but like i mentioned mvp i think that's a slam dunk i don't know how you yeah, unless Not. he has just some microscopic ERA innings, you know, aren't right. there, and you had just a ton of strikeouts, and they're kind of you know hovering where everyone else is. But nah, it's yeah. all right. He can't win everything. No, but I mean, it's a great story. It's a great the fact that you have a guy like him even in the conversation, which I think, like I said, he I think he is in the conversation for sure. Uh, next question: um, Do you give Credit to Billy Epler for the prospects playing well or Perry's development staff, which I think is a very good question. What do you do? Because obviously all the guys we're talking, all the young guys we're talking about right now were drafted or traded for in, in Sandoval's case during the Billy Epler era. So what do you what do you put more credit in 
the development staff of Perry, which let's be honest, that that staff of his has only is, been there for yeah, like a year. Yeah. So it's not like it's been there since the beginning of their their tenure. Their tenure. And it's not just Billy Epler. I meant the whole Angels organization. I mean, on draft day, it's not just Billy. No, but shots. but Billy Epler does get a lot of say when it comes to something like that. Though he takes into consideration, obviously, what his scouts say and yeah. and what you know people that he trusts say. But at the end of the day, it is Billy's or was Billy's, not anymore. Um, call to who they draft. The same thing with Perry, who they draft and stuff like that. I believe is really his call. Now, free agents, on the other hand, you know, obviously that has a lot to do with the owner, and we can get to that yeah, another I think, time. I think but... the question is like for the prospects playing well, right? And so that's just development that goes all the way down to, you know, not beyond low A, you know, rookie league all the way up. There's this cast of coaches and characters. You're right. And, but too, yeah, like develop, seeing talent. Yeah. Like yeah. finding talent. You can be the best development staff yeah, out there. I'm can, not going to be able to do shit. Yeah. You could, you can give that to Billy a little bit. Yeah. I think, um, I think Billy's going to be, we're going to look back and see some of the guys that are going to be all-stars or future all-stars. And we're going to look back and think, man, Perry did a great job and not realize that Billy, Billy Epler, you know, whether you love the plan of going high ceiling high school players or not, he definitely seems to to hit on a couple of them for sure. I don't know. It's, I I wonder if every franchise, you know, goes through this, but like all this GM, man, first people are up on GMs, right? It's a savior of the franchise. Oh my gosh, we got Perry in here. And then months in, Perry, uh, conference. Well, Perry, then, I mean, uh, Depoto, same thing. They're calling him Jedi forever. Oh, <laughs> this guy's amazing. Hate him, right? He's getting trashed now for giving up, uh, that reliever, uh, Kendall Graven. Yeah. So, and then you bring in Epler, and you know, oh, he's the next great one. He, he studied under Brian Cashman, and then, oh, he's trash, and you know, he's gone. And then now you're looking back, like, oh, did he, you know, <laughs> did he, you know, he didn't bring a little bit more, uh, to the franchise than we thought. I mean, even like Stoneman, going back to Stoneman, he, I mean, winning the World Series with Stoneman, he's always kind of regarded as, you know, the man when it comes to GMs, Tony Regan, right. Tony, uh, you know, all sorts of bad contracts. <laughs> you know, so. you know and, and GM, and I will say this, and I've always, I've always said it, and I probably will always say it, GM has to be the hardest job to have in sports, like management, because not only are you kind of forced to win now, but you're also forced to win to later. The future. Right. So, so what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. I, and that and that's exactly what happened with Epler is that he did a lot of stuff that set up this organization for the future, or at least have a shot to do well in the future with the guys he drafted, whether it be Joe, Brandon. Um, we'll see what happened with Canny, but Canny was very promising. Trading for Sandoval, for, um, you know, uh, uh, Maldonado, like, you know, it, he he did a lot of things that set this job up or this team up for the future. He didn't do a great job of setting this team up for now, but it seems like that future is is coming quickly. And I think you know Perry has to win now, but he also again has to make sure that this is sustainable for four or five years because as a GM you got to do both. The manager Joe Madden he could just set up and be like, okay, I just got to make sure I can win today's game. He doesn't necessarily have to worry about next season where Perry has to think two steps ahead or two seasons ahead. And you've seen that with the trade deadline. Then you you got to walk up to an owner who's like Artie, a billionaire Artie. Yeah. And tell him, no, I want to get this guy. You're crazy. You know, Artie has a guy in his mind. He's got a holes. He's got a Rendon. He, you know, he loves Hamilton who it may be. And he's all go get them. And you're like, I don't, that's not, you that's know, not what I would do, but yeah. since you're paying my yeah. my uh, my right. kids' tuition, so I guess then, I have to. So then their tenure gets based off some move like a Hamilton or a which I, I never thought was I never thought it was completely fair for the Pujols contract, the Hamilton contract, the um, you know C.J. Wilson. Like those big contracts aren't GM signings. Like yeah. you talk to anyone that follows off-season moves enough like reporters or just guys that used to be in the business so all those type of signings the trout extension those type of signings are owner signings. those are jersey sales signings those are owner signings those aren't that term you there could, you go uh, as he's wearing there. a trout jersey for sure it's actually a guerrero jersey oh, guerrero okay there you go uh, i didn't the, see the front the i didn't see the back 27 Ooh, that's gonna be a, 27 that's gonna be interesting no, that's always been a big years. controversy about that's gonna be that's gonna be that's going to be crazy. That's going to be interesting, do? especially if Trout doesn't bounce back. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, on that note, Trout is kind of with the team and kind of moving around, kind of stretching, kind of playing catch. Don't know what that means. Don't know if that means he'll be back soon or he's Inland just bored. Empire. 
I don't know if he was just bored, but he's stretching around. He's doing a good job. Um, Alex Cobb threw a little bit yesterday. Had uh, Today felt perfectly fine. Nothing was an issue at all. So maybe he goes on a rehab start. We'll see what happens with that. But um, Alex Cobb, another guy that who knows what will happen going forward in the future. So uh, moving along a little bit, talking about Trout, talking about the young guys in the outfield, the next question we have, what's the ideal – outfield next season where does upton fit in not in the outfield is he a fourth outfielder is he a fourth yeah you think he, he, he mm. they keep him as a fourth mm, i don't know i don't know what you do with it with them. i think you keep him as, i think you almost need to keep him as a fourth yeah i'm at i don't know because i mean realistically i don't know what else you would do with upton un, un, unless you're going to outright DFA him like yeah, he did Albert. DFA him or see if there's any interest, and that's a tough one. For Especially that with that con- money contract. Yeah, man, I just don't see that. Would you be Would you be willing to tether you- a young guy with Upton for a team to take him, like they did with Zach Cozart and uh, Will Wilson? Yeah, you could do that, but I wouldn't want to lose that guy. Exactly. I would pay like like seventy percent of his contract send them out get something in return but i don't know that's yeah. a tough one i don't know how i don't know where he fits in with if these uh these uh young guys continue to do what they're doing right now um you you just gotta gotta plug them in next year and roll with them you have to you day. have to go trout you have to go marsh you have to go joe especially mm-hmm. if they finish off the season the, the way they're going right now i think umpton is one of those guys off the bench where you're gonna have to um you're going to have to use them in certain situations, give guys days off, pitch, uh, pitch hit. Um, we'll see how. And again, the, the biggest question for me too right now is the Otani thing going on right now is great. Uh, so much fun watching it. It's so much fun seeing what he's doing both offensively and defensively. But going in the next season, how is his body going to respond? We, I mean, again, this has never been done before. So we have no idea how his body's going to respond next year. Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be, more tired is he gonna need more time off like his body's only gonna get older at this point obviously he's still fairly young i think he's like what 27 so it's not like he's super old but at a certain point you're gonna to want to maybe start taking that back a little bit and if you need someone to dh while tony pitches you want to kind of slow that down a little bit i think upton fits into that spot real easily yeah so um, that's pretty much the only option for him, right? Other and then too, they you know, they had fielder, unless he learns first base, or like you know, Trout mixing him at first. First, that's well, I mean, he, he was taking grounders earlier uh, this month. Okay. Haven't heard anything about it since. Um, I could text some people, but I haven't heard. Well, that's when Walsh was right. So I just wonder if they're still going to go with that because Walsh has been struggling a little bit. So he has been getting some more regular days off than he was pre All Star break. So I don't know if that's still even an option because Phil Gosselin can play first, but is he going to be part of your long term future? I don't know. Oh, he better be. I know Chris wants him this to be. This guy, man. <laughs> I talked so much smack on him at the beginning. I called him poor man Ron, <laughs> Rob Quinlan, and look at this He's guy, a, man. Rob Quinlan's a poor man. Goose, uh, yeah. <laughs> Phil Gosselin. Phil Gosselin, man. This guy. Are we getting? Are they selling Gosselin jerseys in that team store yet? Should. They should be. They should. Next question: uh, What bullpen arms are available during free agency that the Angels could potentially get? So, free agency is still a while away, and I kind of understand this question a little bit because it has been um, an issue going forward. Um, but I don't. I mean, honestly, you look at some of the names for pending free agents. You have again a lot of older guys. You have Kenley Jensen, Brad Hand, Trevor Rosenthal. Um, Dylan Patan- Dylan Patances, uh, Familia, uh, former Angels Garrett Richards, Joe Kelly. I think obviously the biggest one that the Angels are going to want to re-sign is Rossell Iglesias. He is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. With that being said, you don't really want to sink a bunch of money into like two or three relievers. You want like the one closer top you know, guy, which would probably be Iglesias. I think we all mm-hmm. agree that bringing him back next year would, would make a ton of sense. Um, but after that, I don't know how much money you can really spend on a, you know, eighth, seventh, sixth inning guy. Like you're going to have to try to find yeah, these. You can't be dropping nine mil on a, you know, a six, seventh inning guy. Right. And exactly. Then you, but then when you have the rise of uh, Audie Warren coming up and right. I mean, 
wants you know, that's uh that's your you know seventh or you know, he's, seventh he's been a great in seventh inning so go, ninth inning guy today you get to the seventh you have him you got someone else you throw in i don't know yes i don't know how much he can actually spend in free agency that's not connected to Rossell iglesias now if he doesn't sign if they're not able to resign him then yeah then you go out and get a kendall graveman or someone like that who is going to be um a free agent at the end of the year to solidify that closure spot but we're seeing now, and we're talking about the trade deadline with with Perry. We're seeing a lot more of these like reliever types, hard throwers work their way through the system, whether it be Double A, whether it be Triple A. One of them, I forgot who it was, is now on the taxi squad, so he's one step away. So, you know, maybe you build it that way. You've spent a lot of money on Rossell, but after that, you have a lot of guys that are minor leaguer, not minor leaguers, but minimum guys, and then maybe a, a mid level, two mid level kind of relievers guys. But again, those guys are going to be maybe names that you're not. A hundred percent familiar with, unless you're really into just major you're league baseball. Up in the game, major league baseball in general, for yeah. sure. Uh, comment here on our Facebook. Uh, send Rendon with Upton. <laughs> that is impossible because Rendon has a no trade clause. But hey, and you know, nobody wants to pick up that contract. On now, top, on top of that contract, and now, yeah, I man, when you got a guy like Jack Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. Ready to send out, man. Because he is, you know, obviously <laughs> Captain Jack. Look at those number splits. Yeah, yeah. For a uh, 60 game season, right. uh, for the most part. Next question, last question. Do you think Otani start will come in San Diego or Camden Yards against the Orioles? Well, I think they meant to say against San Diego because that's next weekend. Um, they have Cleveland this weekend, then they go to Baltimore for the beginning of next week, and then they come home to face San Diego. Um, my honestly, I thought I think Camden Yards just because it's like a week away. And if they push him back a, a day, I think they'll still be technically in Camden Yards. So um, I honestly think it'll be Camden Yards. Um, let the other other fans enjoy him and, and let them just totally take let's advantage. Share, let's let them totally take him. Major League Baseball. Let's, let them totally take advantage of another team that's un, as not very good so far this year, um, for sure. But uh, so that's going to wrap it up for the question part again. Um, we'll probably end up doing that more and more, and especially too if if say Chris can't make it for teaching responsibilities now that he's out here and his real job has started back up again. We'll, you know, do an Instagram live. I'll do an Instagram live. Always enjoy getting questions there. Always enjoy kind of interacting with the fans there, but um, we'll definitely ask for more and more questions. We really encourage to whatever question it is, put it out there. We'll answer it. Um, but thanks for the feedback. Thanks for the questions. And, and you know, some, some, one of them, you know, most of them are really good, especially the, you know, Cy Young conversation, the Epler one. I, I like those ones where it's, it takes you a little bit to kind of think about it. It's not completely like a yeah, I miss oh, these slam questions. Dunk. We used to get a bunch of them all the time, especially from Dead Horse Alaska <laughs> and Chicago. But um, yeah, I love answering these questions and challenging us and things like that. And so we'll be back Sunday after I'll be back Sunday after the Little League game for sure. Talk about that series against Cleveland. Hopefully the Angels keep it rolling, uh, keep the streak going again. Still very, very outside shot for the playoffs. Still, I think 10 games back in the division um, from the uh, from the A's. And I think they're still like seven and a half back um, from the wild card. But who knows? Stranger things have happened. Next thing you know, they could pull an A's and um, go like on a 20 game win streak and surprise some people. But, you know, we'll see what happens again. Injuries have kind of fallen on this team, but also at the same time, maybe you do get a cob back. Maybe you do get a trout back and uh, can make some kind of a run because these young guys are really performing and, and playing really, really good. So that is definitely uh, stranger things have happened. No, and you're absolutely right with that. So we'll just have to watch and see for sure. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the all angels podcast. I am of course joined with the curator and I was down Garcia uh, again. Thank you very much. Uh, subscribe, rate, review if you're on iOS. Really appreciate it. Look forward to the next podcast Sunday night. Have a good one. Go Halos. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.